This is Omo. 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 Is this Yoko Omo? This is Omo. This is Omo. Well, hey there, everyone. Happy September. I'm coming to you from my shop here in sunny and I must say very, very, very warm San Francisco. Um, my name's Brandon Godman, and I know I shouldn't be complaining about the weather in San Francisco because normally it's a perfect 68 to 70 degrees, but we're in a hot spell right now and I'm sweating and I hope that's not coming across in my voice, but I'm lucky to be joined by the fabulous matriarch of Omo, Rosie Deloach. Hello, my children. Hello, peaches. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm coming to you from my closet in lovely Dallas. We just had a rainstorm come through last night and lost a lot of branches, lost power for a bit. So it was lovely over here. Man. My child is at Disneyland right now in the middle of your heat wave. Oh, it's 100 man. degrees over there. child is in Anaheim right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How convenient. Right? We have so things to fun. talk about regarding Anaheim. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's currently September. And yeah. September's the gateway to fall. It is. Um, falls right at our fingertips. Right I can at feel tips it. Over toes. I can feel it too. I can see the mm-hmm. leaves starting to turn. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something else that happens in fall. Mm. And you know exactly what that is, Rosie. Oh, you want to you want to talk about pumpkin spice lattes? Yes, you brought it up. Okay, okay. See, I can do PSL as long as it is not from Starbucks. Like I Wait. can leave Starbucks alone. I can do a latte anywhere else. Don't give me Starbucks. Don't give me a Starbucks gift card. I will do fall another way. No, no. I want to correct you. Please give Rosie Starbucks gift cards and she can gift them to me. They burn the um, beans. They do burn the beans. That's why you order a latte. Yeah, it's not It's not good. And that's why you cover it with pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else does fall mean, Brandon? Um, fall means, well, fall means a lot of things for me. However, <laughs> the biggest thing is the Violin Society of America's annual convention is just around the corner. You don't say. You don't say. Um, I'm privileged to be on the board of the directors for the Violin Society of America, have been for two years now. And I have to say, it's a really, really fun experience to serve with, you know, I think it's 18 other colleagues in the trade, people who do all types of things in this wonderful trade, Um, makers, dealers, enthusiast, you name it. Um, and people who I learned something from every time we hop on one of those really, really wonderful conference calls. I, I learn <laughs> No comment on conference calls. <laughs> I know. We're all so used to them right now. But I'm serious. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, I jumped onto the board at a time when I had too much on my plate. And since then, because I love buffets, apparently, I'm walking down the buffet line and just piling more on my plate. However, <laughs> I always leave a little room for the VSA as much mm-hmm. as I can, actually. And mm-hmm. I think it's an extremely um, important organization. And I'm really thrilled about this year's convention. Yes. And to give everyone some details, facts, and figures, 
2022 VSA convention. It is the 24th international competition. This year it's at Anaheim, California. Uh, This will go from Sunday, November 13th through Friday, November 18th. And um, we are going to discuss in depth as Brandon hosts today, talking through all the things that you can encounter when you go to this special, special year, because we haven't had uh, a convention since before COVID. Since before COVID, which, I mean, when was that? I don't even remember before COVID. I remember. I'm skipping ahead here because (laughs) the last one was in in my neck of the woods in Dallas. Yeah. And I got to be the host shop and we did a confessional in my closet at my host shop. So it was fantastic. Rosie, I've done many confessionals from my closet, but that was about 15 years ago at this point, I must say. Um, well, you have more opportunities coming up. We'll, we'll get I'm, to that. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, so this is our, it's our first in-person convention since 2019. Um, we've had some virtual conventions since then. They're just not the same. But they are actually, I can't say they're, they, it's true. It's not, they're not the same. However, they were interestingly different. And I took, I had things that I took away from the virtual ones that maybe I don't get from the um, in-person ones. And I will say experiencing the virtual conventions, I think will affect how I approach my in-person convention this year. Okay. Um, And this goes back to my first, my first uh, VSA convention was in 2014. It was in Indianapolis, Indiana. I went on behalf of the violin shop in Nashville, Tennessee, drove up with my dear friend, Jacob Midas. Um, I didn't stay at the convention hotel because I planned the last minute and they didn't have rooms. Um, I didn't really look at the schedule to see what was happening. I knew that there would be a vendor hall. And that was my big thing. I wanted to see the instrument exhibits and I wanted to see the vendors and talk to the people who sell me tomastic strings, the people who sell me Whitner tailpieces, the people who sell a soundpost stock, look at some books, you know. Um, I didn't look to see the wealth of other things that happen at the VSA. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to do differently. And that's what I've continued to do differently since then. Mm -hmm. Uh, It took Mm -hmm. off a year in 15. And then ever since then, every year I've been at the VSA um, since 2016. And it's nice. something that I put on my calendar every year, January 1st. Actually, the moment that they announce the dates for the following year, they're put on my calendar. Because mm. I think to be in this trade, you have to be around your fellow tradespeople. You know, yeah. you learn so much. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a hugely supportive organization. Rosie, tell me about, I mean, when was your first VSA convention? Yeah, yeah. So, like we said, the the very first one was the one in Dallas. Okay. I had not gone before. So you don't and go to the VSA. It comes to you. It comes to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had zero idea what to expect. Uh, I had the good fortune of already being knee deep in Omo land, and so I I did know a few people, but there were so many new faces, and uh, I certainly didn't know how to integrate all the information coming at me. It was this speaker and that speaker and another speaker. Uh, it felt very much like I was drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
when you guys go into this upcoming episode, you give so much good content. It's like giving advice or like just a, an audio pamphlet of how to attend a convention. And uh, I'm super happy to get this because uh, I've never been to one of these where there is a where it is a competition year where I get to see the creations of fellow makers. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and um, I, I'm just, I, I learned stuff about all the little perks that you can get when you are a volunteer. Yeah. That's really cool. So I'm tempted in a future year to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think you'll also hear in the episode that we talk about, you can be a part of the mentoring program mm -hmm. um, that we have. And I just want everyone to know that if you see me walking around or if you see Rosie mm -hmm. and you have any questions, please pull us aside and just say, hey, yeah. what's this? What should I see right now? What am I missing? Yeah. Um, don't hesitate to ask questions because we're all weird people. We all have yeah. little odd like energies when we get around big crowds and some of us want to cocoon. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're with fellow geeks. I really yeah. never feel more at home than I do at a VSA convention because I'm with all of my kindred spirits. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Uh, also ask me for a sticker if you see me. Hey, Rosie, can I have a sticker? You can have so many stickers. I think yes. you've earned them. Um, I'm so <laughs> excited about stickers. You have to see my um, fiddle case. It's incredible. Oh, good. Well, one uh, little piece of info. We don't have all the details ironed out, but we are discussing doing confessionals again for this VSA. So if you would like to submit a confessional to St. Omobono, come be a part of that. We will have more details. All right. That'll be great. Uh, one thing that we did not talk about with our wonderful guest, which um, I'll just go ahead and tell you who they are, Anya mm -hmm. Burgess and Chris Albrick. Yeah. Uh, that's who's going to be joining us on this episode. So let's get out of the way and hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back with... Can I, can I jump in with one more thing? One more thing? Guys, stay tuned in our coda, we have more news about Omo and its future. Yes. The future of Omo is so exciting. <laughs> you have <laughs> to right. wait to hear. Speaking of the future, stick around for the future interview. Between Chicago and the West Coast, you won't find a violin shop with a more finely curated selection of instruments and bows than Claire Givens Violins in Minneapolis. Their team is made up of knowledgeable players who take pride in helping their customers find the right instrument or bow. Givens' international reputation is founded upon a commitment to maintaining high levels of expertise, craftsmanship, and relationship with their customers spanning across generations. Every instrument and bow offered to their customers is set up in their very own workshop by an experienced team of restorers and makers under the long-time expert leadership of Douglas Lay. Need a checkup or more extensive restoration? This workshop is known for its attention to sound and response, and players come to Givens from all over for this unmatched level of precision and care. If you're an early music player, Check out Dipper Restorations, where world-renowned restorer and scholar Andrew Dipper specializes in the restoration of historic musical instruments and the making of historic replica bows. Need a checkup? Looking for an upgrade? 
Find them at givensviolins.com. Givens Violins, they look forward to seeing you. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to OMO. And this is our VSA Spotlight episode. And I'm lucky enough today to be joined by Anya Burgess from Lafayette, Louisiana. Anya runs Sola Violins, and she is no stranger to OMO. Hi, Anya. Hey. How you doing? Doing great. Happy to be here. Awesome. With Anya, we have Chris Albrecht from Indianapolis Violins in none other than Indianapolis, Indiana. Hey, Chris. Hi, Brandon. Thanks for having me. So both of you guys serve on the board of the Violin Society of America. Um, we are fellow board members. Uh, I've been on the board since 2020. How long have you all been on the board? You and I joined the board at the same time, Brandon. So 2020. That's right. We had our, our giant party together in 2020. That's right. Initiation. <laughs> yeah, I joined in uh, in 2018, but I didn't join uh, right away as a board member. I volunteered first. So for a couple of, well, at least one VSA convention before I joined the board, I volunteered and helped run the new instrument exhibit. Oh, great. And uh, from there, kind of join the board. Awesome. So you did the good work first. And that's a path that a lot of people actually take to get on the board. They start as volunteers and then uh, you basically get roped in after that. <laughs> yeah, that's a really fun way to get involved in the VSA, actually. You learn so much from, from like volunteering at a convention. That's how I started, too. I volunteered to help the, the competition set up. It was so interesting. And I met really neat people just... Um, you know, volunteering alongside me and and the board members who were running the show at the time. It was it was a cool way to to just kind of get involved and uh, just see what it was all about. Yeah, you just can't help but to fall in love with the place, right? Yeah, yeah, and you realize how much there is to learn. Yeah. Um, so Chris and Anya, you both made a duo appearance on Omo. And this was back in 2020. I think it was the first episode that was ran. Actually, first episode that was ran in 2021. It's the quiz show episode, episode 31, the infamous quiz show. And if I, um, if my math is correct, Anya wound up leading and winning that show. That's with right. 8.5 <laughs> points. And Chris finished out with 6.5 points. Let me stop you right there, Brandon. That was fake news. Uh, the uh, the deck was stacked against me from the very beginning, and uh, I eagerly await a rematch. <laughs> well, you're in luck today, Chris, because we have we will have a rematch that will consist of two questions this morning. Uh -oh. All right, are you guys ready? Yep. I am. Unfortunately, I don't have any. I don't have Chris Jacoby here to be an awesome moderator, and I don't have fancy buzzer noises. Let's do it. But whoever spews out the answer first uh -oh. uh, is going to is going to uh, get a point. Um, so, first question. The original name for the Violent Society of America, was it actually the Violent Society of America? No. It was the American Society for the Advancement of Violin Making. Ooh. Of course, I have no notes in front of me. <laughs> what was that? My audio cut out. Can you repeat the question, please? <laughs> <laughs> Blaming it on the internet, Chris. I know. 
All right. All right, Anya, you got a point on that one. Uh, question number two. Where was the first VSA convention held? New York. Ooh. All right, Chris, you got a uh, you got a point on that one. So, yes, Anya, you're right. the The original name for the Violin Society of America was the American Society for the Advancement of Violin Making. And Chris, you're also correct. The uh, first convention was actually held a year after the VSA was formed. Um, and it was actually a meeting, a one day meeting that happened at the Plaza hotel in New York city. And that was 1974. So we're coming up on our 50th convention soon. If my math is correct, the 50th convention will be in 2024. If all goes well. Yeah. Um, so good job. You guys are still sort of stacked at the same difference that you were, but, um, Chris, you know, I'm sorry. The fake news thing is just still going to have to be your excuse, I guess. <laughs> we all need it. We all need an excuse from time to time. We all need an excuse. So let's get down to business. Let's talk about this year's VSA convention that's going to be happening in Southern California. This is our first in-person convention since 2019 and our first actual competition since 2018. It's really exciting. I cannot wait to get back with you guys. Anya, can you tell us where and when the convention is going to be? Yeah. So we're, um, we're meeting in Garden Grove, California, which is right outside of Anaheim. So we're calling it, we're basically calling it Anaheim. Um, it's going to be at the Hyatt Regency, Orange County. And like you said, it's the, uh, it's, it's the 2022 VSA convention and 24th international competition at Anaheim. So it's actually our 48th convention and our 24th uh, competition. And uh, it runs from November 13th to 18th, which is a Sunday evening to a Friday evening. And uh, it's just going to be such a great time. Can't wait. Awesome. So talking about a great time, Chris, you're the head of programming this year, and I know you've got your hands full. You've been working on this for months already. Um, we're actually recording this in uh, at the end of August, and I know there's still a lot of work being done just to finalize things, but give us a rundown of what to expect. Um, be our travel brochure. All right. Well, um, I'm excited about this program. First of all, we're going to have uh, we're going to have several exhibits. We're going to have uh, the new instrument exhibit is going to be making its return, and uh, and that's going to be another space for your instrument and bow makers to uh, display their work. If you're competing in the competition, then nobody gets to see your your lovely instrument until uh until thursday night late so everybody just has to take your word for it you know at the new instrument exhibit uh you know you'll be able to uh display your instrument and or bow you know kind of all week yeah and uh it's a it's a great place to do it the cool thing about the new instrument exhibit is it's not only the people who are currently competing or who are new makers you have a lot of the veterans a lot of the people who we study and look up to um they put their instruments in there. A lot of people will put something out that maybe is an experiment. I remember that's where Rodney Moore actually um, basically revealed to the world his bamboo bow. It was in a new instrument exhibit. So um, this message brought to you by Nubo. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but no, it was, I mean, that's, a, it's a great space for that type of thing. Yeah. And I love the interactions that take place between, you know, all week between the makers and, um, just the, the people hanging out in the room and, um, just a lot of really interesting discussions take place in that room all week, you know, yeah. since the makers are there and known, um, it's, it's really fun. And there are always some players. There, there are always players that come by, you know, players and teachers and dealers, the people we need to do our business with eventually. I know many violin makers sort of spend their quiet hours at the workbench and don't get some of that interaction. Maybe they make their instruments for other dealers to represent. It's a nice place for a maker to have some face time with, uh, with the people who love and buy and perform on our instruments and bows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. All right. So from the new making, where do we go? Walk down the hall and what will we find? We're going to find the rare instrument exhibit uh, down the hall. And uh, the VSA has been really good about that since I've been involved with the help of dealers and experts who count themselves members of the organization. We've been really fortunate to have these exhibits of rare instruments. Oftentimes, oftentimes there's a, uh, there's a theme this year. One of the themes is going to be Guarneri family. So there's going to be a solid handful of, of, of really fine, rare Italian violins, uh, Guarneri instruments. Man. And, uh, probably is going to be some nice bows there too. And, uh, Colin Mackey is the one who's helping curate that this year. Is that correct? That's correct. Awesome. I know in the past, Bruno Price had a big hand in it when he was on the board and mm-hmm. kind of carried the load. And I've always enjoyed the uh, Rare Instrument exhibit and especially excited about seeing some Guaneris this year. Yeah. 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 I'm excited. I'm excited about that, too. And, and uh, you know, and, and the, the, the exhibit is always introduced by one or more of the experts who furnished the instruments and transported the instruments and uh, who knows about these specific instruments the, you know, the, the exhibit is introduced. Well, it, it's one of the first sort of presentations of the whole week. And, and, and in my opinion, kind of sets the tone, kind of gets everybody in that learning frame of mind. Yeah. And not to expand on this too much, but I have to say some of my favorite memories, um, of the VSA are being in that rare instrument room or in some of the special exhibits that were happening, like the German bow or the English bow. Um, And following around some of my heroes, maybe not intentionally, but just happening to be in the room at the same time and hear Greg Sapp say, oh yeah, I remember working on this instrument. Did you know that it had this, you know, uh, here's a funny story about it. Um, Or seeing Sam Zygmuntovich sit there and kind of look at it one example and talk about how he had copied it at one point. Those rooms are, are so rich just with um, information and just visual inspiration and, and like their little focus groups, each of each, each room. And, you know, the conversations that you get into just about instruments and about the work that's been done and their history. And it's just, yeah, it's absolutely, it's, it's incredible. And it's uh, and, and it's also something to be learned from observing your colleagues observe instruments. Yeah. Yes. You're going to find some have a plan of attack. You know, they're going to go around the they're going to go around the table and they're going to they're going to examine the purfling. Yep. Some of these people are a little chatty, and it's really nice to uh, to learn sort of secondhand how other experts examine instruments. There's a lot to be learned there. Definitely. So, do we have any other exhibits this year, Chris? 
let's see here. We are going to, uh, I'm in the process of rounding this up, actually. We are going to have a smaller alternative materials exhibit. Ooh, cool. Which is going to kind of dovetail into the next segment, which is going to be sustainability. Mm. At the same time that we're meeting in Anaheim, Fish and Wildlife is going to be meeting, uh, but one of our colleagues, bowmaker uh, John Bennett, is going to be there. And this is sort of the big news is that Pernambuco wood, uh, we are expecting it to be added to uh, the first appendix of CITES, which is sort of the highest level of control over the trade of endangered species. Yeah. It's right there with ivory and Brazilian rosewood and all of those. Yeah. This has pretty far reaching implications for the bow trade makers and dealers. We're going to be exploring sustainability. We're going to be exploring the future of, of Pernambuco and at least the near-term future of, of bow making. Young Chen is going to be involved in that. Rodney Moore is going to be talking to us with another person to make it a panel um, about sustainable alternatives. Mm-hmm. Bruce Harvey, tone woodcutter uh, in the Pacific Northwest, will be talking about uh, the future of tone wood from his perspective. Wow. Do you know if the results of that meeting are going to be coming out like during our VSA convention? I don't think so. The way I understand it, and, and, and I could be wrong on this, but the way I understand it is that this meeting is going to happen and within six months, changes are made, changes are announced, or an announcement is made and then policy changes follow months, months later. Somebody who ships bows yeah. from time to time and, uh, and sells bows a little more often than that, yeah. um, I'm kind of uh, kind of curious to see how all this is going to play out. And I think many in the trade would be remiss if they skip this day of VSA programming. Yeah, it, this is uh, one of the largest events that could possibly affect our trade. I mean, in some ways, since the invention of the modern bow, if you think about it, um, just because we're facing having to reevaluate what we can use to make these things. We're actually going to be doing a podcast. I think it's going to be our October episode on this very topic. So we're excited to get some panelists in and really educate people. I mean, if you're not following this, I highly recommend that you do. Yeah. Cause this is going to be really important. If you're in the trade, if you're a maker, if you're a player, um, this will affect us all. Uh, not to sound a bunch of alarms, but alarms have been sounded. Um, so yeah, don't miss this day at the VSA for sure. And that's going to be a, that's going to be an important week. Yeah. So kind of moving on down the program, uh, Wednesday is going to be a day for kind of keynote style speakers, sort of higher profile speakers. Sam Zygmuntovich is going to kick it off. Paul Schubach, is going to be talking about his time studying in Mirkor with the Morizos in the early 60s. And uh, so we're going to have some some pretty cool historical perspective. Yeah. Paul's got a lot of great stories about the Morizo workshop. I've been lucky to sit with him and pester him with questions about it. And also his time in Mittenwald, too. Mm-hmm. And um, Andy Carruthers, a uh, California violin maker, is going to be uh, presenting on some sort of, uh, I don't know, kind of boundary-busting artistic work that he's been doing with the violin. Yeah, the turtle fiddle. Yeah, the turtle fiddle. He's got a cello. He's going to have a friend of his, a musician and composer, 
Mia Pixley is going to be performing at the end of his presentation, some uh, original composition is going to be really cool. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. That's great. Andy has so much to share on innovation. And I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, different materials, he made a redwood violin. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that should be recommended because redwoods are precious, precious things. But um, yeah, I mean, he's done a lot of experimentation with that world. So I, I really look forward to that. So when I first started talking to Andy, I was kind of bowled over by, I was like, gosh, how many, how many talks can you do? Because I think, you know, he's got this, he's got a sort of made in, made in California project. He's got the, the Redwood violin project. He's got yeah. the tabla violins. Yeah, he's got the tabla violins. Yeah. He's got so much, so much stuff going on. And uh, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to what he brings. Great. What else? We're going to have some uh, other makers. We're going to have some more sort of violin making centric content like uh, like Chris Germain, our Oberlin godfather, is going to be presenting on uh, demystifying oil varnish. Fantastic. Yeah. And while we're talking about varnish, Joe Robson, varnish maker and supplier of fine wood finishes for several decades now, is going to be presenting on uh, his observations of the Cremonese ground. Wow. So we're, we, we've got a, a lot going on. We've got a, a lot going on. Sounds like we need to be bringing a tape recorder with us <laughs> to capture all of this. Are there any other special uh, talks that we should be aware of? Well, let's see here. We've got a couple of business-related talks. Sophia Vittori, who's been researching uh, marketing and branding, is going to share some of what she's been working on for the past couple of years. Okay. And Matt Whaling, bow maker extraordinaire, has been collecting some uh, marketing materials from the Ushards, which is going to be pretty cool. Oh, cool. Well, Chris, I know you're working extremely hard on this. Um, and, you know, if past VSAs are any indication, I'm sure more stuff will be added last minute. Um, just as we find out that someone may be arriving or who's going to be attending. And we're like, Oh, do you want to talk to, you know? Um, uh, so that's a lot of the, during the day stuff, we'll be having the uh, competition going on. Chris Dungey is working really hard at getting the judges rounded up, getting the instruments in. I know we've already had a huge amount of registrations for instruments. So that's exciting. Um, let's talk a little bit about the fun stuff that happens at the VSA outside of, um, the talks and the lectures and looking at instruments, you can go, there's a um, trade show where we have vendors from all over the world show up. Um, So make sure to bring your checkbook, make sure to bring some empty suitcases, um, credit cards, because none of us can say that we've ever went to a VSA and not bought anything. Right. Yeah. Tonewood bridges. uh, Yeah. The sound, a a sound post center because you lost yours and, absolutely can't find it everywhere you've looked you know the vendors exhibit is a lot of fun and it's a beyond buying it's a great place to meet the vendors who you buy from regularly and understand their passion behind it understand what they you know are putting into it they also want to hear from you what's working for you what isn't working for you and i've always walked away with much stronger relationships with these folks and we've done much better business together due to that. It's one of the great things about the VSA, Brandon, is that it, it is this FaceTime. You know, it's all, uh, you know, personal relationships are so important. Uh, so important. 
you know, with yeah. when it comes to when it comes to buying and selling and sharing and teaching and and, and all the stuff, uh, you know, FaceTime FaceTime with the people who sell you your tone wood, sell you your supplies for your shop can be invaluable. Absolutely. I, I think that's, um, you know, if you're new to the VSA and it's your first convention, don't be shy about going up and talking to people because they want to be talked to. They want to hear from you. They want to meet you. If they're standing or if they're being standoffish, it's probably because they're shy too, because we're all luthiers and artists and we're just weird, aren't we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> I mean, I am. I'm not saying you guys are weird. I think that's something that we all have in common is that, you know, it can be a very solitary profession and uh, it is slightly intimidating to go to your first uh, VSA or your first couple of bigger events. I know I was very nervous. Um, and still I have a little bit of anxiety in big groups. Um, but the amazing yeah. thing about being there in person is just like the intergenerational aspect of it. Um, the willingness to share by the, by the more experienced members. Um, and it truly is incredible, their willingness to, to teach, um, and to support, um, other members of the trade, um, sharing expertise. And then, you know, for the for the newbies, they're there to learn and grow and just be exposed to all different aspects of the trade. Um, and, you know, everybody comes with their own experience. And I, I love that, just kind of like how unifying the convention is um, in that respect. Yeah, you'll walk away with you'll walk away with friends that you'll carry for a lifetime, yeah. you know. Um, and I I mean, I remember my first convention vividly you know, having my first chats with like Claire Givens, who's become a great friend, Greg Sapp, who, you know, looked at a violin I had set up and was very complimentary, but also ripped it apart. And I was so much better for it. You know, um, of course he did it in yeah. an extremely kind way, but gosh, I took away some pointers that I use daily today still. Um, yeah, I, I can't recommend that camaraderie enough. So the nighttime, this is some of the, uh, the fun stuff that the VSA does have. We have an open mic night. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who play instruments, tell jokes, tell stories, we've had everything from um, jam sessions up in front to sing-alongs to poetry readings, um, anything. It's an open mic. Chris, what are you going to be doing for the open mic? <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're passing around the idea this year of doing like a, a board band. So no promises at this point, but it could be something to look forward to. <laughs> well, I think now that it's been teased to all the Homo sapiens, it must happen. We got to do it. So this is our commitment. <laughs> this is the very bored board band. Love it. <laughs> doing it. So beyond the open mic night, we'll have a diversity mixer. We have a scholarship auction. Chris, tell us a little bit about that. Well, the VSA has doubled its giving, uh, doubled the number and the amount of scholarships that we award. This is really important. The VSA, from my point of view, has always been a professional development organization. Supporting students at violin making school is a way to start that early. I remember being a violin making school student in a uh, Salt Lake City and getting that check from from the VSA. Yeah, I didn't always go out and uh, buy a new tool with it. Uh, one time, I uh, one time I paid my phone bill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
And uh, this is just, uh, you know, students need that help sometimes. So anyway, uh, to benefit uh, our scholarships and grants fund, we're going to have an auction. And uh, it's something the VSA has been doing consistently for many years now. Uh, David Bonsi will be auctioneering, auctionizing. Yeah. Auctioneering. Auctioneering. Yeah. <laughs> auctionizing to mesmerizing us with his auctionizing, auctioneering skills. <laughs> and the proceeds from it will go to the scholarships and grants fund. We have an address where donations can be mailed locally in Southern California. And uh, we should probably stick that in the show notes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that for sure. Giving is a, an, an ever larger part of what the VSA does. And also part of the scholarship auction. I mean, we're not auctioning T-shirts. There are some real things generally being auctioned off. I know Teresio generally donates a bunch of stuff. There are books there. I remember one of the fun things that I won at the auction one time was the DVD set done by Peter Preer on how to make a violin. So, you know, you can get all types of stuff. I know people who have bought Martin bows in the scholarship auction. So, you know, it can be a good business opportunity, but the real business is helping people who receive the scholarships. Yeah. And if you'd like to donate to the scholarship auction, you can either send things ahead of time out to um, an address that's actually on our website, vsaweb.org, or you can bring your donated items with you uh, to the convention. Fantastic. One of the other highlights is going to be the membership luncheon, which is where uh, they'll talk about the VSA, how we're doing, and then vote in the new board members. Yeah. If you ever wanted all the dirt on the VSA's finances, I think there's going to be a treasury report. You know, there's a, it's a business meeting. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> An opportunity to learn something, to learn something about uh, the, the sort of inner workings of, uh, of the organization that's putting on this event. And um, if you're curious, it's definitely a good thing to attend. It will be catered. Great. So free lunch. Free lunch. Come on down to the business luncheon. Speaking of catered meals, there will also be, um, well, one of the highlights of the week actually is the awards banquet where they actually hand out the awards for all the winners of the competition. And then after we, you know, stuff ourselves with good food, applaud everyone who wins, um, then we all file into the uh, exhibit room where we get to see all the competition instruments and, you know, look in front of us and see hundreds of examples of some of the best making in the world at the moment. And at that point, the maker's names are revealed. Yeah. So if the judging of the instruments and bows finishes at a reasonable hour, they'll open the room for us Thursday night and uh, a great opportunity to see all these instruments and uh, see what your colleagues are doing. Everybody, it's a little overwhelming. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I find it, I find it a little hard to go in there on Thursday night. So usually by the time the awards banquet is over, like the, uh, the, the cortisol levels are still pretty high. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, exactly. I hardly touched my rubber chicken and, uh, but, <laughs> but I had seven glasses of wine and I, you know, oftentimes I like to go in there Friday morning with a, uh, with a clearer head and a, uh, and a bigger smile. Yeah. <laughs> so the and that that banquet will be Thursday night. Friday, the exhibit will still be open with all the instruments that were in the competition. Yeah, it'll be open all day on Friday. And uh, if you were a competitor, you'll have the opportunity to uh, 
sign up to uh, to get some critique from the workmanship judges. Great. And that's always a uh, that's always a that's always a big thing. Instrumental in helping us get better at our craft is the feedback. Absolutely. And I know a lot of makers really thrive on those comments and will go home and, you know, in two years, make amendments to their instruments and come back and win the competition. So, <laughs> all right, great. Well, this is a lot to look forward to in Anaheim, um, Garden Grove area. Uh, so definitely make sure to not miss this folks. It's going to be a really good one. I think, um, for those of us who have participated in festivals and stuff as they're opening back up post COVID, um, I think everyone will agree that the energy is usually very high and just being able to see all of your colleagues that you haven't seen in person for, you know, three years now, almost, um, it's just going to be incredible. So don't miss it. Yeah. A little Cali California sunshine. It's going to be nice. A little California sunshine. Um, so we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with Anya and Chris to talk a little bit more about the VSA and then we will be wrapping up. Stay tuned. Hello, Homo Sapiens. I've got Ryan Davidson here from Handcrafted. Welcome. How you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I cannot wait to go to the VSA live in person, see everybody in Anaheim. You are going to be there and your business partner, Matthew, are also going to be there. And you're hosting a little special something. Tell me about it. Yes. Um, I'm also super excited to be going to the VSA this year. This is going to be my first year not online. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be absolutely great. Um, yeah, we're going to be hosting just kind of a little kind of happy hour kind of event in the hotel. Um, we hope, fingers crossed, it works out. And just to kind of get to know everybody, uh, get to see faces, get to answer questions. Mm -hmm. So everybody can kind of see us as, you know, we, we are people, we are in this trade and in this field and, and just be able to explain more about what it is we're doing and how we're trying to make things easier for everyone. Yeah. And those that have been listening to Omo have heard some of our commercials, so they're familiar with uh, this is a great online space for people who are trying to sell that one thing that is for luthiers. You might not sell it on the open market, but you've got you've got a stash of tone wood. Uh, you make a specialty tool. Um, gosh, anything else that comes to mind for you? I mean, books, jigs, yeah. uh, parts. Yeah. Um, anything really. And even instruments and bows. Absolutely. And speaking of instruments and bows, you are working on rolling out something new for Handcrafted. Can you tell us a little bit about that? We are. Uh, we know that in this industry and in these things that we make, they can be pretty high dollar ticket items. And that's not always easy for our clients to be able to afford. And so we're working on integrating a, a financing component into the website. So if people really want to buy your cello or your violin or this amazing bow, but they don't necessarily have all the scratch up front that they can say, buy the instrument through handcrafted and finance the instrument through handcrafted. So the maker gets paid up front. Yes. The financing is handled. Yes. Very cool. Uh, awesome. I think a lot of people are going to be excited about that. 
I want them to come to the happy hour. Guys, if you come, Omo's going to be there. And it is time for us to record a new Omo promo. You know where we say this is Omo and we made it once years ago and we never updated it? If you come to the happy hour for Handcrafted, come get your recording. Come say this is Omo and you can be part of our introduction going forward. I'm looking forward to being on it, I hope. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Ryan. Look forward to seeing you. Can't wait to be there in person with uh, you and all the Homo sapiens out there. Thank you so much, Rosie. Okay, Homo sapiens, we are back here with Chris and Anya, and we're going to talk a little bit about what you each do with the VSA. As mentioned before, you've been board members, Chris, since 2018, Anya since 2020, me since 2020. Um, Chris, you're the head of programming, and you did a great job with explaining everything that we had to look forward to this year. Anya, you're doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work. You are a co-chair of the Membership and Marketing Committee. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, so membership and marketing, I chair with Ethan Ladd, and we focus on um, you know everything from our social media accounts, trying to keep things up to date. There, um, we're in the process actually of completely revamping our website. Um, so vsaweb.org is going to look way way different um, towards the end of this year. Um, it's going to be way more. Uh, dynamic and interactive, and I think useful overall. Um, you know, we'll be able to keep things more current um, and highlight, you know, not only our membership better, but um, our history and all all of the extra um, extra things that the VSA is involved in with scholarships and grants and um, educational opportunities and all that. So that's been a really kind of big focus for us this year is, uh, completely revamping that website. Um, we're, we're kind of just getting underway with the actual work involved in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, our goal with obviously with membership and marketing is to grow the organization, um, to reach out to, um, existing members, to reach out to new members. Um, as Ethan likes to say, to improve the, the value proposition of being a member of the VSA um, I mean, membership dues have remained the same, I think, for a very long time. It's an incredibly um, reasonable membership rate that you pay to be part of this organization. It hopefully allows you know people to to be able to afford it. Um, but we we aim to be extremely you know inclusive of whoever wants to join the the VSA um, is welcome to to join. You know, everybody is is welcome in this organization. And ultimately, you know, membership that is engaged with the organization just makes for a better, a better organization. So, um, that's, that's been our mission. Absolutely. You touched on one thing with the website, um, just showing all the stuff that the VSA does beyond really the conventions with scholarships and everything, but also regional meetups that are starting to happen. I know part of the website's goal is to basically show that the VSA is a living, breathing organization between conventions, which is sometimes overlooked by the membership. Yeah. I mean, our flagship um, event, obviously, is our convention and, and our, our international competition that that happens. Um, and, 
you know, as a board, it's, you know, it's easy just to get into the cycle of planning for the convention because it's such a big event to plan for. It takes so much just, um, uh, you know, brain power and time and all that. Um, and so the membership and marketing committee is hoping to just add some things year round, uh, for the membership. Um, I mean, obviously we, we do quite a bit of that already with, uh, with the scroll, uh, publications, um, different summer programs. Um, and like you said, we're starting some regional meetups. Um, that's been tough obviously during COVID, but we've had a couple of very successful ones, in, uh, in the Boston area and hoping to, to get folks, um, more involved in helping to organize those. We're always looking for volunteers, um, in the membership and marketing committee. And I'm sure the other committees would feel the same way. I mean, volunteers, bring new experiences and new ideas to the, to the committees. And it's not a, a huge time commitment and it's a good way to kind of get your feet wet and just see what the VSA is all about and see if it might be a fun thing for you to, to become more involved in We're we're always looking for new people. So don't hesitate to reach out to the VSA and to, or to any, any committee in particular that you find might be a good fit for you. Um, it's the time commitment is wide ranging from, from not much to quite a bit. So find a good fit for you. Something that uh, you have started doing, I guess you've had once or twice now is sort of the volunteer open house where you can go in and see what all the various committees do. Um, Will that be happening again this year? Yeah, we are planning another volunteer open house. We did it over zoom uh, last winter. And I know like on our particular committee, we have a new, uh, committee member that joined as a result of that uh, event. And one of the first things he said to us during our, our membership and marketing committee meeting was, man, I didn't realize y'all would be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so this assumption that everybody who was at the VSA was very serious or, or whatever. Um, and of course we have, you know, we, we do get down to serious business, but we're also, it's such a great group of people. I've really enjoyed just being part of part of the board, part of the volunteer network in the VSA, just to get to know people. And, um, you know, like many others, I'm sure I work largely alone in my own workshop half the time. I also run a shop um, of just a few of us. And, uh, you know, I'm not in a big metro center of, of violin making. So it's just the VSA has been such a great way to just connect with the larger community of luthiers and shop owners um, and, and become friends, you know, with so many new, new people who share the same niche interest and niche profession, um, that, that we all do. Um, and you know, this isn't like a normal path that we're on being a luthier. And so all of us are in such a unique situation in our profession. And I think being part of the VSA is just, uh, a, you know, it connects you, it plugs you into just the, the bigger world of, of violin making and, uh, and Lutheran and, and shop ownership. And you can call on your colleagues when you have issues, need help, you know, want to celebrate something, uh, only things Luthiers would understand. It's, uh, you know, it's a like-minded group with our attention to detail and different things. So it's, uh, it's been great for me. I, I, I really love the opportunity to be part of the, the organization. Yeah. Uh, Anya, you've hit on a few things that I want to circle back to just quickly. Um, One is the fact uh, that we're trying to be open and um, welcoming 
to all people. Um, And one thing that's happened over the last year is uh, an amendment to our bylaws, our anti-discrimination policy, and also the the adoption of a DEI statement, a diversity, equity, and inclusion statement. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, our committee um, reviewed our existing bylaws and realized that there was, uh, you know, there's a lot of room for growth and improvement in our, in both our mission statement and our, our bylaws. So we took initiative to, to meet, you know, several times about um, the DEI statement and, um, you know, it was an evolution in coming up with like a new, uh, just a new uh, DEI statement or, or actually just having one to begin with. Um, And so, it's, it's it just better reflects who we are now as an organization, just hoping to uh, make it known and make it clear that we want everybody to be involved. There's no exclusivity in our organization. There's no little, you know, private, private uh, application only groups in our organization. Um, we are here to serve the membership. And, you know, obviously our membership is very, very diverse and beautiful in, in its diversity. And so, um, you know, I think our, our new, our new DEI statement hopefully just reflects that and just helps everyone understand, uh, kind of our mindset and, um, what we hope to, what we hope to put across to our membership. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find both of those on the current website under the about us page. Yeah. I mean, the VSA really is a people centered organization. I mean, we also, of course, you know, promote scholarship in our field and, you know, giving and all this, but it's largely, it's a people centered organization. And we, the VSA is who shows up. Um, I think Marilyn Wallen actually said it in those words, it's, it's all about who shows up. And so we want everyone to feel welcome and a part of, of the society. Um, and, and I hope, you know, I hope that that is, I hope that comes across. Yeah. The Maryland has a beautiful facility over the English language and she always tends to have some dead ringers like that. Um, I love reading everything that she writes. And even in our board meetings, when Maryland talks, I'm kind of, I think she should actually do some, um, sleep tracks or some, uh, like calm app, uh, recordings because she's just so soothing. I love it. Yeah. Um, she has a beautiful voice and beautiful thoughts. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, she's been been involved with the VSA for a long time and, uh, and she's just one example of, of, of a person, you know, who's just willing to share and willing to teach and, and just willing to bring new people, always encouraging new, new members and, I love that spirit about, about the VSA, um, just, you know, the inclusivity aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so speaking of showing up, one other thing to mention is if you are, um, if you are new to the VSA or you're going to be attending your first convention this year, we do have a mentor program. Yes. You can, you can be uh, partnered with a mentor to kind of help you know what to look for. Yeah, you can be partnered with a mentor, um, you know, as, as a first-time convention attendee. Um, and 
I believe on our registration form on our website, there is a box to check showing that you'd be interested in being paired with, with a mentor. And that's just such a great way to kind of, um, you know, come to the convention knowing that you have a buddy who's going to take you under their wing and show you around and, um, you know, kind of a formalized approach to, um, to having, you know, having a, a a friend (laughs) at the convention. I know the first convention that I attended, uh, I, it it was a little, you know, a little nervous because I didn't really know anybody. And I don't think the mentor program was, was available that year or else I just wasn't aware of it. But um, you know, meeting people can sometimes. And then I introduced you to Joe Thrift. <laughs> yeah, I think that you were one of the first people I met. We were having drinks, and then I and then and then I introduced you to Joe Thrift. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. fiddle players. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, who I knew from from the old time music world <laughs> was a familiar face to me. It was very reassuring. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think yeah, the mentor program is is great. Yeah. And like we talked about earlier in this episode, it's really the the volunteer opportunities are really great too. Cause you meet a lot of people that way too, just by, just by signing up as a volunteer and the commitments are not great. Um, time-wise, you know, a couple of hours of volunteer work actually will get you a private showing. All the volunteers are going to get a private showing, you know, as a group, um, at the rare instrument exhibit. So we added that perk this year, um, to the, the volunteers. Great. So definitely sign up to be mentored um, if you're interested and sign up to be a mentor also. Um, If you have been to the VSA, if you feel like uh, you would love to help someone have a great first time experience, um, that works very important. So please do it. Uh, So just to kind of round things out here, we have um, the VSA is doing a lot. the VSA, I mean, number one, this convention coming up, the competition coming up, all of the um, growth that the board's going through with a new website, with um, the various financial things that we're always working towards to make sure that the VSA continues to be in a healthy position um, financially to be able to do all of these great things. Um, it's a very active organization I want to highlight for me, I think the VSA, it is the trade organization for all of us who are in this field, whether you be a maker, whether you be a dealer, whether you be an amateur, whether you be, um, you know, a producer of pegs, whether you be uh, a sheet music producer. I mean, it's really a vital organization for us to all kind of gather under and be represented by in situations that we're in, in the middle of like with the uh, Pernambuco uh, crisis that's sort of happening. Um, I think it's a really important organization um, that we do support and ways to support it are are ways there are ways to support um, that have been outlined so far is just show up, you know, show up to the convention, show up to volunteer um, encourage other people to do that. And I, I really want to drive that point home. I think it's going to be a great year to be at the convention. It's a great year to be a part of the VSA. Um, I really love it. I think it's a great thing to belong to. Yeah. And another interesting little tidbit is that we did a, we did a survey after our last virtual convention. Um, and 20% of the people who responded 
um, identified it as, as enthusiasts, um, not necessarily professionals, but, you know, people who are just kind of indulging, indulging their passions uh, by being part of the VSA. And it just, again, kind of just goes, yeah. goes to show just how wide ranging the membership is. And everybody has a place within the membership, even if you're, you know, even if you're not making your living um, in, in violin or bow work, it's, uh, it's, it, you know, we're all here for a common purpose. And like I said, it's, it's just really all about the people. It's, it's such a fun, fun, loving, uh, niche, <laughs> um, group of people. Absolutely. Speaking of fun, loving and niche, Chris Albrecht, thank you so much for being uh, part of this episode with us today. Hey, thanks. I, I, I really appreciate it. I think it's a, I think it's a great time and, and, and a great thing to be a part of. I, I think, uh, I, I think Omo Omo is important. I don't know if any uh, there aren't too many more other other Luthery podcasts out there. At least ones uh, focusing on uh, violin trade and uh, what you and Rosie and Jerry do and Jason uh, is, uh, is is a great thing. And uh, thanks for thanks for inviting me on again. Absolutely, thanks for being a part of it, Anya. Thank you so much for all you do. And uh, for lending a voice, you're not a stranger to Omo, and you will continue to not be a stranger. Yeah, no, it's an honor to be here. Um, love you guys, and uh, thanks for everything you're doing at Omo. It's it, you know you're demystifying the the violin world in some respects, just showing how accessible it is, and I just I love that. So appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you all. Um, and we will look forward to talking with you again sometime. And everybody stay tuned for our coda. Well, Rosie, anytime we get to talk with Chris Albrecht and Anya Burgess, it's an absolute joy. And I'm really grateful that they took the time to join us again. I loved this interview. I loved listening. I loved that I got to take a step back and just participate in a different way, just by with my ears and not talking. Yeah, you know. I want to share something, Brandon. In the time that it took you to do that interview, um, from the time that we recorded the beginning of this, I have uh, gone to vsaweb.org and I went to the convention page and I have signed up for the Anaheim convention. Yes. And then I went to American Airlines and I got myself a ticket. And then I went to the Women and Luthery webpage on Facebook and I just found myself a roommate. So I'm coming. It's done. I, I'm in. I'm in the bag. It's going to be a party. It's going to be a total party. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited about it. I'm going to go over the details just one more time. 2022 VSA convention. It is in Anaheim, California. So you buy a ticket to LAX. They absolutely have uh, uh, like vans that go from <laughs> that this airport to Anaheim because you know have a van. Uh, Mickey Mouse and uh, <laughs> it is starting Sunday November 13th through Friday November 18th so you probably want to stay through Friday night and uh, or Sunday come. and go visit Mickey Mouse or yeah you could do that I hear Brandon um, this this dude named um, Brandon Godman wants to go to Disneyland for a day on, on Saturday. So, um, 
come on out. We're going to be there. I just want to meet Snow White. That's all. She's really special. <laughs> she is. Yeah, we're really excited to be there. And uh, once again, if any of you almost sapiens out there see us, make sure to come up and say hi. We will be there to say hi right back to you, help you through anything. Um, yeah, we're there. So definitely come and see us. That's right. If you see a woman with peak hair, just come up and tap her on the shoulder and say, Rosie, is that you? <laughs> just really creepy. Like that's, that's how I like it. With my AirPods in, you totally just whispered in my ear, Rosie. <laughs> this is great. Um, so you all may have noticed by our byline, um, it's changed. And it now says mm -hmm. for luthiers, by luthiers. And that's a change for Omo. Um, we are here to announce that Chris Jacoby is stepping away from Omo. Um I'm sure we'll He's see got him. Too much. He's got too much. He's got a lot yeah. on his plate. His plate's already very big and he just keeps piling it on. Um, he just keeps eating from that plate. <clears throat> he does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're sad to see him go, but I'm sure he will make some appearances every now and then because we'll make him make appearances. He, he has to. You know what I'm doing for Chris? I am mailing him a 75 pound uh, block of ebony wood this week. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's paying for it. Um, so, uh, I think by, by that token, we're, we're still on good terms. Yeah. That's a little excessive for a paperweight, but <laughs> Hey, I'm sure he has a lot of paper, so it's all good. Um, yeah, yeah but almost kind of taking some changes. Omo to me is a, I think it's a really important thing just for documenting stories and the current times of the trade that we're in also documenting interviews from very important people, people who have seen so many things, people who have experienced so many things. Um, and I hope a lot of you folks out there would be so inclined to share your stories. If you have a historical maker that you're obsessed with and you want to present them to us, if you want to explore an idea with someone else on air, um, come to us. As Marilyn Wallen says, Omo is what happens when you show up. Oh, I, you know what? We're stealing from Marilyn. She said the VSA is what happens when you show up, but we're uh, just going to take it and tweak it. <laughs> we totally tweaked it. We're totally yeah. stealing it from Marilyn. Um, uh, yeah. On that note. Rosie. What? Do you hear something? Yes. I think I hear um, something happening under this. There's there's some noise in the background. Did Big you hear a toilet Omo flush? Umbrella. <laughs> I swear I just heard a toilet I, flush. I think someone is coming to us from their bathroom. I think that's what I hear. Um, Omo sapiens out there. I would like to introduce someone very special who is coming under the Omo umbrella. Guys, please welcome Elizabeth Perry to the show. Hi. Hi. Very exciting. Good. Good. Uh, Liz, you are a graduate of the VMSA. Mm -hmm. You were formerly employed at Mount Airy, and now you are doing the very important job of raising a human and putting a spouse through dental school. And we are so excited to 
get you a little bit back into the luthier world because we've missed you. Oh, absolutely. Recently, I feel like my biggest contributions to the luthier world have been impulse purchasing tools. (laughs) Valuable. (laughs) Right? I'm like, well, I can't work on anything right now, so I'm going to buy this tool I always wanted. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little embarrassing, (laughs) which is why I'm sharing it with the world, obviously, because that's what you do. (laughs) Liz, we met uh, many years ago. It, I, it's weird to say many years ago because I still feel like a newbie in a lot of ways. But uh, we were at Oberlin and um, I thought you were so delightful and charming. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that I get to see you on a regular basis now, even digitally. Uh, you had a story to share on this topic of the VSA about your very first experience coming to the conference. Yeah. So um, the first time I went to VSA, it was pretty soon after I graduated from violin making school. I was really nervous. I'm not exactly the biggest people person. You know, I'm sure that I'm completely alone in that in this field, right? You know, everyone else is such an extrovert. Everyone's an extrovert. <laughs> right? Um, I, I mean, I I don't relate at all in that. I love to talk to people two or three at a time from my closet. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing pretty well talking from my bathroom, the quietest <laughs> room in my house. <laughs> hey, I'm just so classy, hey, you know? Leave the toilet humor at home, Liz. <laughs> well, technically, that's where I am. <laughs> you are at home. <laughs> but anyway, so the VSA, my first VSA, I was really nervous. Um, and to the point where I was like, I really like I felt ill. You know, I just because I wanted to I really wanted to make a good impression. I really wanted to make good connections with people. And um, and it just felt like so much pressure. And the I think it was the first, like the opening social at the VSA. And this was an off year. So it wasn't a competition year. But um, I met this, this gentleman. Oh, tell me about this gentleman. Yeah, he was, I think, one of the nicest people I have ever met. Was he good looking? And uh, he had like a really weird name, <laughs> super weird name. It was it was like Jerry Lynn or something. <laughs> I don't know him. Who is that? Yeah, yeah. Kind of weird guy. But uh, <laughs> no, joking aside. But really, um, that so that was the first time I met Jerry was at VSA and he just immediately made me feel like so welcome. He said, Oh, you need to meet this person. You need to meet this person. You need to meet this person. And, and it was like the most whirlwind experience of meeting all of these new people. And, and all of them were so kind and so welcoming. And I just felt I felt like I was home. Oh. You know, I felt like I was in the right place. That's great. You, you know what I mean? It just, it was really, really wonderful. There wasn't that 
there wasn't that sense of like backstabbing type thing that I was, I was concerned about. I was worried that everyone would turn up their noses at me and say, Oh, you, you just graduated. I don't want to talk to you. Sure. There's a heavy dose of that at all stages in, in this field. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you, uh, you met the right guy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, I, I think we should involve him in the podcast somehow. You know, I think that's probably a good idea. And the, the, the thing that was really impressive to me, you know, thinking back on it though, it wasn't just Jerry, you know, he was the first person that I met there that I, that like, I really remember, but there were quite a few other people that, that like I met sort of independent of Jerry that really put themselves out there for me, Mm -hmm. you know, helping me build connections with people and they didn't have to. So just, just a wonderful community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for your testimony and thank you for advocating for Jerry Lynn. I know there's not a lot of people out there that would do that. Um, Mm -hmm. I just want to uh, reiterate that uh, we're all, we're excited to see you guys coming up soon. Uh, It'll be here before you know it. Um, In, um, in Omo news, Next month, we're doing a deep dive on Pernambuco. We're going to figure out all the potential legal stuff coming up and talk a bit about uh, all the possible left turns in bow making, or some of them. I don't think we can get to all of them. There's so many ways that this could go and so many ways this can affect musicians and uh, shop owners. I'm ready to dive in. Uh, And then November soak those stones because we're going to do an episode on sharpening. And then Liz, you and I in December, we are going to do Project Blue Book, which is going to be a deep dive in the into the Weishar re- restoration book and uh can't wait to do that. Uh, we're going to talk to some people who were involved in making that book happen. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Bill Scott just um, confirmed that he's doing it. We're going to try to get other people involved. We'll let you know as that comes together. Um, and one little quick note, uh, Jerry Lynn and I are going to be on this other podcast called Violin Class with Julia Reddy. And uh, gonna, I'm going to, we're both going to interview with her tomorrow. I'm super excited. And this is a great podcast for uh people who are more in the musician realm and are wanting to further understand uh, how to practice, how to take care of their instrument, how to interact with a luthier. It's just a great stepping off point for eager beginner enthusiasts. So I highly recommend it. So exciting. Yeah. Anything else uh, that I'm missing? Did I, did I cover it all? We covered a lot in this episode, and I think it's all covered. Okay. Everything's covered. We'll see you guys at the VSA. Thank you out there, all you homo sapiens, for being a part. And don't forget, this is for luthiers by luthiers. And we'll see you next month. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Liz. Liz, please put the toilet seat down. (laughs) You can't make me. Bye. (laughs) Bye, guys. <laughs> Omo is an all luthier podcast produced by Rosie Deloach, Brandon Gottman, Jason Peoples, and Jerry Lynn. 
The show is edited by Jason Peoples. Music by Invoke Sound. If you enjoy our show, you can help us out by leaving an iTunes review or becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash omopod, where you can get your very own Omo swag. We'd love to hear from you, so reach out at mail at omopod.com or call the Omophone at 240-686-5345. Thanks for listening.